This is the message from Connection Community Church for March 29th, 2020. Luke 3.16, Purpose. Good morning, Connection Church and friends, everybody out there. Good to be with you uh, this morning and so glad that we can connect electronically like we are. So this is the sixth Sunday of Lent, uh, the church season of preparation for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, we celebrate that resurrection on Easter morning, 1030 online. During the season, our focus has been on 316, chapter and verse of various books in the Bible. This morning, we'll be looking at Luke 316, and our word for the morning is purpose. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are just humbled and honored to be with you today. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us? God, thank you so much for today, for being able to worship you right where we are. God, we just pray a blessing upon all families and people who are watching and settle each one of us in that we might be laser-focused on what you would have for each one of us today. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody out there said, Amen. 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 Okay, so we're going to jump right in this morning, and we're going to look at Luke, third chapter, verses 1 through 2, New International Version. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Boy, I'm glad I didn't have that one to read. Yeah, the mouthful. So our focus is on that very last line, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. John, the same John who Luke, he wrote um, the book of Luke in the Bible, Luke talked about in the very first chapter of his book. It's the same John who was the long-awaited child of Zechariah, who was a priest, and his wife Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren until the Lord saw to it that they would have a son. It's the same John who, six months in the womb, leapt in his mother Elizabeth's belly when Elizabeth's cousin Mary came to tell her that she, Mary, was pregnant with Jesus. Mm. The same John is now all grown up, and the word of God has come to him out of the wilderness. It's a word of God of what his mission is, what he is to do, what his direction is, what his purpose is. Now, apparently, the writer, Luke, really wants to be sure that there is absolutely no question that this actually took place because he gives us the details precisely when it took place, where it took place, and even who was in political power at the time that this took place. Mm. So let's continue, Luke 3, verses 3 through 6. Let's check it out. Um, he, John, went into all the country around Jordan, 
preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. John, John is the one who fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy, the word of God that was shared to Isaiah. Um, Isaiah, it's in chapter 40, verse 3, that there would be one calling in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. It was John who went before Jesus, preaching repentance. That's telling the people to turn away from sin and turn toward God, to have a God-centered life. John, he went and baptized crowds, and at the same time, he was calling them things like brooding vipers, and he warned them to flee from the coming wrath, telling them to produce fruit that went along with repentance, a changed life, and that trees don't produce good fruit. Um, they would be cut down and thrown into the fire. Oh, my goodness, John challenged them, and he sure did not mince his words. He sure didn't do that, mince his words. And then the crowds asked him what they should do. What should they do? And John offered them a ministry of action that kind of foreshadowed what Jesus would say during his own ministry. If you have two shirts, John said, share one. If you have food, do the same, share it. Tax collectors and soldiers came to be baptized and asked what they should do. Don't collect more than you should, John told the tax collectors, and don't accuse people falsely, he told the soldiers. Be content with your pay, he told them. I'm picking it up at Luke 3, verses 15 and 16. The people were waiting expectantly. And we're all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm. And so John had no pretensions, no false illusions, no aspirations other than to be just who God intended him to be. Even though the people wondered if he might be the Messiah, he knew he was not. He knew that his purpose, his role, his reason for being was to prepare the way for the Messiah, for the Lord, just as it had been foretold some 700 years prior by the prophet Isaiah. So there's a prophet named Jeremiah, and he also shared some words of God regarding purpose some 600 years prior to when John lived. Check this out, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so God had plans for Jeremiah 600 years and God had plans for John and God has plans for you and for me. And just as with Jeremiah and with John, those plans are for God to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. 
Hope in a future. Say it with me. Hope, Hope in a future. Hope in a future. Hope in a future. Yeah. Those things are important for us to remember at all times, but especially right now. Right now. Right now when we're in the midst of a lot of big questions, a lot of challenges, a lot of uncertainty. Because no matter how uncertain things may seem, how uncertain they may appear, how uncertain things may actually be, we can be certain of one thing always, and that is that God is on his throne and that God is good and God is at work even when we don't feel it. Yeah. It just blows me away at how God looked 700 years into the future and shared with his prophet Isaiah a vision of what was coming that far away, that far ahead, knowing that John would be born, seeing to it that John was born, giving John a purpose to prepare the way for God's one and only son, Jesus, who would eventually make a journey toward the cross, be crucified, died for you and for me. Wow. That is just mind-boggling. And what's important for us to keep in mind is when we consider our current situation with this coronavirus and everything associated with it, with us, that God is in the midst of all this. It is really, really challenging for all of us, and for some more than others, some who are not getting a paycheck anymore, some who may be considered high risk, some who may have even contracted the virus, some whose family they're praying for. It's a scary time. Things are not easy to deal with. And we're told that it will get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. And yet, God is no less who he is now than before. God stands on God's promises. The same God who looks 700 years into the future, sharing a vision about the one in the wilderness to the prophet Isaiah. It's the same God who is still on the throne, who is still in charge, still there for you and for me. The same God we can lean on, we can depend on, and talk to about every aspect of our lives. So back to our story. John's job was not to be the Savior, but to clear the way for the Savior. You know, and he said he baptized with water. You know, that's symbolic. It's, it's an outward sign of God's unconditional love for us, his forgiveness through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And what a great symbol it is, water. Water, the, the essence of life. Three-quarters of the world is water. Roughly 60% of the human body is water. Virtually all living things, plants and animals, require water. Water is life-giving, life-sustaining. It's essential for life. And so we use water to symbolize this life, this new life that God gives us through Jesus Christ. John then says that while he baptizes with water, there will be one more powerful than he, one whose sandals he is unworthy to tie, one who is coming 
And he will baptize not with water, but with the Holy Spirit and fire. Baptized by the Holy Spirit. Wow, filled with the Holy Spirit. That is so much power. Later on, knowing that he would no longer be with them, Jesus told his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, who would come to give them power so that they could be witnesses to all the world. The Holy Spirit likewise empowers us to be his witnesses in this season of our lives. The same Holy Spirit who gives us gifts, spiritual gifts, gifts given by the Holy Spirit to empower us to glorify God and make a difference to lift those up around us. You may have heard of these spiritual gifts, gifts like faith and leadership and preaching and helping, compassion, workmanship, uh, administration, music, hospitality, knowledge, wisdom, generosity. There's a pretty long list of spiritual gifts in the Bible. Mm. Again, John made it quite clear that he wasn't the Savior, that his purpose was to prepare the way for it, to point the people to the Savior. And it's important for us to realize that as well. You, me, we aren't the Savior. Yeah. We, we can't save anybody, including and especially ourselves. Now, now, just like John, we aren't the Savior, but like John, we do have a purpose, and that is to point others to the Savior, to point others to the Savior. It's the same purpose that Jesus shared with the disciples in his last moments together with them. It's known as the Great Commission. We find it in Matthew 28th chapter, verses 19 through 20. This is the New International Version. Therefore, go and make disciples, Jesus says to them and says to you and me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is our great commission as well. Now we've changed the words just a little bit, but it is the mission and the purpose of Connection Community Church. You know this. Say it with me. We're here to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And the very, very cool thing in all that is Jesus promises us that as we do that, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Yeah. That'd be forever. <laughs> always. And you know, here's the thing. Satan would love to use this coronavirus thing to get in the way of us fulfilling God's mission for us of us using our gifts to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers, using our gifts to glorify God and to, to lift up and, and, and help those around us. Something may, like this virus may cause us to use them differently, may require us to, to be a little more creative, which is what we're seeing around here, may force us to reevaluate, maybe even reconsider how God wants us to use the gifts he's given us. But you can be sure of this, that God wants us using his gift, the gifts he's given for his glory and yep. the benefit of others. In spite of, 
maybe even because of this virus. <laughs> Say one thing, bottom line. Satan ain't going to win. Say it with me. It's okay. It's okay. You can say that word just this one time. can't say that word. Huh? One time. Satan Satan isn't going to win. Satan ain't going to win. Allow this time, this challenging time we're in right now, to help you reconsider how God wants you to use your gifts to carry out the mission God has given to you. So back to looking at John. Remember, John made it quite clear that he was not the Savior, and either are we. We try so hard to save other people, to um, do things so that they can see the light. It's Jesus and Jesus alone who saves us all, and every single one of us need saving. We pray that all of you watching, every single one of you watching, would realize in some way that God's got this, and that God's way in your life is better than your way. God ordering your steps is better than you taking care of your own steps. God knows what's best for us, better than we do. Mm, That's for sure. You know, John was very aware of his purpose, his mission, his his reason for being. And our prayer uh, this morning for you is that you too know Uh, that God has a mission for you, that you would know your purpose, your reason for being, yeah, how God wants you to use your gifts to point others to Jesus, to glorify God, to lift up those around you. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of examples of this here in the midst of all the challenges, food pickups and deliveries, (laughs) muffins left on people's doorsteps, Church landscaping beds being weeded by families, phone calls, and the sharing of toilet paper. Let me rephrase that. And the giving to a neighbor some rolls of toilet paper. True story. Our prayer is that uh, that you're able to stay focused on your purpose in the midst of, of the challenges that you're facing now that you will seek God's help, seek God's direction, seek God's strength as you carry out God's mission in your life, focusing on Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. That's the good news. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Our most holy God, I thank you for the opportunity to to be here this morning with our community of faith, able to connect with them as we have here. I pray that each of us would know your purpose for us. And first of all, I would pray that each one would be connected with Jesus, that they would open their hearts to that relationship. If not already, then maybe today would be the day that each one here would say, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Please come into my life. Please give me that new life that we talk about Let the old be gone. Let the new come, Jesus. I want you in my life. I pray that each one here will know that relationship with you, our holy Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I pray that each one would know our purpose, that in the midst of the challenges, even though we may need to redirect, maybe we need to be creative, maybe we need to look at it in a new direction, that we would use these gifts that you've given, that we would use that Holy Spirit power 
to glorify you, God, and for the benefit of those around us, helping them connect with Jesus and the new life he offers. We praise you. We glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Connection Church and friends, wherever they might be, all help me finish this by saying, Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.